For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 145 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, <coughs> oh God, Paul's Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're back, <coughs> back this week to talk Star Wars. Coming at you long, <coughs> strong, <coughs> down to get the freak shit on. Oh my goodness. <coughs> um, Happy Friday, Will. Happy Friday to you. I'm, I'm glad to have this week over. Kick back with my buddy and talk a little Star Wars. Um, I'm glad to talk some Star Wars with you. You know, like every time some Star Wars comes up in my news feed, I bank that. I'm like, mm, going to talk to Hawes about that. Mm, going to talk to Hawes about that. Yes, sir. So we got a, a few a little solo related things to cover this week. Um, and we got lots of emails and voice messages to catch up on. So. Uh, we'll be hearing from you guys, which is always fun. Um, before we jump into all those Star Wars shenanigans, let me give you guys the business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Twitch at blueharvestpod. Speaking of Twitch, the day this comes out, April 21st, from 2 to 5 p.m. Central, that's 3 to 6 Eastern and 12 to 3 Pacific, I'll be having another giveaway stream on our, our Twitch, so stop on by and uh, maybe you could win a Blue Harvest t-shirt. Uh, we also have a tea Public store where you can buy those t-shirts if uh, you don't feel like coming and entering the giveaway or you don't win the giveaway. That's tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Um... I hit a pothole. Oh, we are so excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, home to the greatest Star Wars podcasts in the galaxy. What podcast, you ask? Now this is podcasting. Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, 
Podcast 2187, The Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and That Damn Ass Cargo Hold. Woo. That was good business. It was lean and mean. I've done better. But I've also done worse. So I liked it. So you, but you know me. Yeah, I, do, I love some business. I do know you, buddy. Especially the way you give it. So um, how's your week been, buddy? It's been a good week. Uh, I was making dinner at home using my very new mandolin, uh, the sharpest blade in the world. And I was getting oh, in no. a groove. Oh, no. And uh, like, a, like a total rookie, total rookie move, sliced off about a dime-sized chunk off the pad of my thumb uh, and was like, oh, 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 oh. And, like, the whole time I was not, like, it hurt. Don't get me wrong. Like, it hurt bad. <laughs> but I was more mad that I did that. Right. Like, the whole time I'm washing the cut and the blood's dripping out of it, I'm like, oh, rookie. Like, you stupid rookie. Like, rookie move. Like, brand new mandolin. I should have been, I was doing potatoes and I was doing it with my hand and instead of, the they have like a uh, a cleated cover that grips the food so you don't have your hand in there. You're not supposed to really do that. Uh, and when but you're you were chef, like, oh no, I don't need that shit. I'm right. pro team. Right, right. Oh. Pro team chef will brand new mandolin. Of course, you slice your fingertips off. You're being an idiot. Like oh, you should buddy. have been using the guard. You know, dude, uh, that sucks. It's all right. It's healed up. Right, honestly, now like where I don't have to wear the band aid. The skin underneath has toughened up to where it's, I mean, but it's still bright pink. Um, when I happened, it wouldn't stop bleeding. Oh, right? yeah, because that's a, that's a very clean, precise cut. The cleanest shave cut. And, like, my fingertip is sitting on the other side of the mandolin. I'm like, oh, I should, I got to clean this up. So oh. I had to clean the mandolin and take my little, my, and, and there was no blood. The thing was, it's so superficial. There was no blood in that little chunk of fingertip. Oh, right, it was gross. it was like two two layers of skin, but it came out white. There's no blood, no blood at all. The blood I watched the blood come out of my finger, and it just like bubbled to the surface out of nowhere. It was crazy, uh, but then I couldn't get it to stop bleeding. Of course, you apply pressure, uh, and I could have cauterized it, or I could have put super glue on it. Any of these things, I just chose more pressure. So I put, and I didn't have any extra duty band aids around. All I had were my kick ass Star Wars band aids, and I was like, kick ass Star Wars band aids. It is. This is all I fucking got. So I slapped those bad boys on there, and then I put paper towel around that, and then I put tape around that. I mean, that's just that's chef basic. Like, yeah. uh, if I had had the right stuff, you know, I could have put gauze and and you know medical tape or whatever. Like, but I didn't. So, um, uh, nowhere near your type of disaster, but Jesse and I had our own disaster this week. Oh no. Um, so, you know, we adopted that cat, took it off the streets, named him Finn, and he's still real squirrely, right? Like, he is our least friendly cat to us. He's the youngest. Yeah. he's A like, male. He's like maybe seven months old now, eight months maybe. Yeah. And uh, he'll come up and let you pet him, but there's no such thing as him getting on your lap or letting you pick him up, but... And, like, after you pat him for a couple of minutes, he tears ass away, like, gets spooked and runs away, right? Yeah. Well, since he's, you know, getting a little older, we're like, well, we got to do the Bob Barker thing. We got to get him neutered, right? So we made an appointment 
to have him neutered this past Wednesday, the 18th, right? Mm-hmm. And his appointment's at 7.30. And the vet's like, please have him here at 7.30. So we get up about 6.45 in the morning, and we both get up because we know this little fucker is going to be uh, tough to catch, right? Right. And the night before, we put the cat carrier out so like he wouldn't get freaked out just seeing it like let him get comfortable to the for it being around and maybe not assume that it's something that we're going to try and stuff him in yeah for the next 45 minutes cue a three stooges s sketch of me and jesse trying to catch this squirrely little bastard right we almost had him like when we first got up he was running up to us trying to get attention Jesse went to grab him, and Luna came up, got jealous, came up and jumped at him because she didn't want him to get the attention. Right. And that was the last time we almost caught him. I picked him up once, and he proceeded to mandolin my arms when I picked him up. And, like, he was just freaked out. We couldn't, like, we were trying to corner him in a hallway. He was too smart. Like, he was like, no, I'm not going in that hallway. I'll go anywhere else but in that hallway. So Jesse had to, because the vet's office wouldn't answer the phone, had to drive up there and be like, guys, we tried to catch him and he just wouldn't come. So we had to get his appointments rescheduled for like, for in another two weeks. And I don't know what we're going to do in two weeks from now when we got to catch this little bastard. Like this little fucker is, he is uncatchable. I don't know what we're going to do. It was so frustrating. Cause you're all tired and shit and and you're like, dude, we're just, we're trying to do the right thing as a pet owner and take you to the vet and get you, Is, n- get you neutered. Are there treats that he likes? I mean, sort of, he doesn't even really like, he's not even all that, um, intrigued by like human food. And we have one cat, Mushu, who like, he's a pest. We'll lick table table scraps and stuff. Or, or try to come up and get your food. Like, it's so oh, wow. infuriating. Like, we have to, we're constantly having to, like, shoo him away and stuff. And, like. Do you have one of the water bottles where you, like, no. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, but. So, I mean, maybe there are some treats or something. Like, someone suggested to me that we get one of those live traps. Like. That you would put in your yard to catch like a stray a cat raccoon. or, or yeah. a raccoon or something. Yeah, yeah, no shocking. And, and about. put some wet food in there. The problem is, is like you can't feed him after midnight. He's like the day, the night before you take him to the vet to get neutered. You can't feed. He's like a goddamn gremlin. You can't get him wet. You can't be in sunlight, and you can't you can't feed him after midnight. You're so gonna like, have to like set that trap up at like eleven, and he's just gonna have to spend. You know, from midnight to whenever in the cage until he goes the next day. Yeah, but see, I suggested that. I was like, what we'll have to do is put the other cats up because we don't need to catch Walter. No. Walter's poor ass will be like, ooh, wet food. Yeah. And go right in the ca- <laughs> the trap and get caught. He'll spend the night in there perfectly comfortable. Like, yeah. The wet food, was it was worth it. Worth it. Um. So, yeah, maybe get one of those live live traps and then the night before try to catch him and i said that to jesse and she was like but isn't it it's mean to keep him in the trap overnight and i'm like i i could see your point you don't want him being in the trap for like five or six hours but we gotta catch this fucker somehow to get him fixed yeah oh so 
Expect an update on that in two weeks. Finn's nuts. Good, does he have them or luck. does he not? No, he won't have them. I hope not. If we if we can't catch him this next time, I I really I think I'll be at my wits end. Just to you gotta he, you know you gotta cut the rest of the slack the um the cat some slack, you know. Like he would do this annoying thing where he'd stop and lay down while we were trying to catch him on his side, like in the middle of the floor, and just look at us. And I'm like, okay, he's calming down. And then you take one step toward him, and he takes off. <clears throat> Anyways, you want to talk some Star Wars? You know I do. So there's been a little bit of uh, solo stuff happening this week. We're definitely in the ramp up uh, leading into the movie. I think as of recording, we're about 35 days out. Yeah, 35 days out from the release of Solo. Um, there's been a couple of TV spots. Have you seen those? Yes. Yes, I have. There's some cool stuff in those TV spots. I don't know that we need to to sit down and actually like um, discuss uh, them at length necessarily. It's a lot of you get to see a lot of Lando and Lando's yellow shirt costume, um, and everybody's saying everybody's flipping out about how much Lando it was it was in some of those commercials. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I, I love mean, I love Donald Glover as Lando. I think why not? Be great. Like the more I get and get, the better. Like. That's a waste if you don't get your maximum uh, Lando out of him. Uh, do you have any um, moments in the TV spots that stick out you for you as, um, you know, like your favorites or anything, or anything, or anything that felt a little off to you? I I I liked the line. I think I heard Han say where he's like, "Look, I've been waiting for a chance like this for a really long time." Right, and that, I think that was in... Uh, is that is that not new? No, I don't think that's new, no. Okay. Um, but I, I know what you mean. That is, I, I like that line and uh, sort of the sentiment behind it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I really like Han um, showing Chewie his, his, his hand in Sabacc. Oh, like, yeah, and Chewie being like, oh, oh. God. What did that... Rem- did that remind you of anything? I don't know. I no, not really. Remind me of pot poker night at uh, Steve and Brad's house back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, but I didn't know that's what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, that reminds me of playing. I miss poker playing with poker those with dudes. those guys so bad. Those games of poker were probably the greatest I'll ever play in my life. Um, oh, talk about laughing. So A lot of the guys so from Stone Cobra. Oh yeah, I mean, at, at various times they all showed up. I don't know if the, if we ever completed the set and the entire Cobra was at the table, but um, yeah, man, that was fun. Um, I, I like, won one. Like, yeah, I won. I think I ended up pulling out a win maybe two or three times. As many games as I played, like I had an extremely low percentage of winning. But man, like Steve, Steve, that's been on our podcast, he's yeah. a he's brutal at poker. Yes, yeah, he's got a, a poker genius. He is he's like that a, guy. From he's got a fucking pu- 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 poker face like you've never seen. And he'll call me like Steve had this uncanny. He was my poker mentor. Like I watched Steve. I know. I like, he uh, gave me books and shit. He was like, come on, just read this book. You'll get better. And I read it and I got a little better. But like he would. He would do this Charles Xavier shit, right? Where, I know. Where, like, I would have a hand, and I'd be like, oh, this is a great hand. And Steve would look at me and go, what do you got? You got 
you got trips, don't you? You got triple. And I look down, and sure enough, that's what I got. Like, he would Dude, call me not- out what I have on my hands more than uh, once. Like he knows the odds. Like he's sitting there, like, uh, doing all the math in his head and shit. Yeah. Like a beautiful mind. Long-form <sighs> equations. Quadratic equations. Yeah. Um, I really like the scene um, where Han is, like, running up to the Millennium Falcon, and Lando's like, Han! And tosses him his gun. And, yeah. And Han catches it and shoots it. I thought, I was like, yeah, that's badass. I like and I that. like that he calls him Han because, you know, old school Lando called him Han. We've got to save Han. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Besides one little goofy thing that like, oh, I've got a good feeling about this that, I, you know, I've talked about, like, is it my favorite? I have no complaints about any of the solo stuff we're getting. Um, Love it. There I'm was psyched. A, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday during like um, fucking hockey finals or something. There was another TV spot. And the only thing I could see that was like super new was, you know, this character Rio Durant. It's the four-armed alien that we've seen like in the gunner seat or whatever. No. You would know it if you saw it. It's oh, in the yeah. trailer. Uh, looks like a little it monkey. It kind of looks like Maz Kanata. Well, that's what people thought. It, like there were people that were like, "Is that Maz Kanata?" It doesn't I mean, really. That's kind of what it, it looks like. Yeah, it's it's small. It's got four arms. Looks kind of like a monkey. It's kind of furry. Joy, uh, voiced by John John Favreau. Um, I got Jean Claude Van Damme on the brain so much that I almost called that dude Jean Favreau. Jean Favreau. Jean Favreau. Um. But there's a scene where he's like, oh, is that a Wookiee? Like, he gets all excited that he sees a Wookiee. And I was like, oh, right on. He's all stoked to see a Wookiee. I'd be stoked to see a Wookiee, too. Oof, struggling. Um, but yeah, I, you know, just little pieces here and there. You hear Lando refer to um, Chewie as Harry and the boy. Chewie and Han as Harry and the boy. He asked Kira, what are you doing with Harry and the boy? I like that. Yeah. Um, he, I, I really like how he describes the Millennium Falcon as a, a ship for a very particular type of pilot or whatever. I'm paraphrasing here. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I, I'm stoked. Uh, I'll be interested to see how, uh, how much more we're, we get from the TV spots. Because if previous... Um, sort of promotion periods or anything to go by we're just now seeing the start of these where there's going to be a lot more tv spots and stuff to come i imagine um but yeah digging the tv spots uh i started listening to the audio book this week of uh last shot it's like the han solo tie-in novel and i won't we won't go into too much detail, A, because I haven't finished it, and um, we'll probably wait a couple of weeks to discuss it in a little more detail with spoilers and stuff, but I'm really digging it so far. Um, it takes place in three different time periods. So there's Han and Lando off on an adventure after Return of the Jedi. Okay. So, and it, it seems like it's maybe about... 
mm, two to three years after Return of the Jedi, because Ben Solo is like two years old. So, um, so that's cool to see. We're seeing some post-Return of the Jedi content again. And then it takes place about ten years before... Or before that. So I was trying to work it out in my head when it takes place. It seems like it must take place not too long after um, Solo. Because in it, Han has the Falcon already. Right. In this time period. So it probably takes place, I don't know, about four or five years is what I was trying to figure out. um, Before A New Hope. Um, And then... There's one set 15 years before that with Lando and L3 when Lando has the Falcon. So you're getting young Lando in one period, young Han in one period, and then the two of them together after uh, Return of the Jedi. And they do this really cool thing on the audiobook where a different person narrates each era. So you don't oh, wow. get confused where you are in time. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And like Lando is smooth as shit in it and Han feels right. And it's, I'm really digging it. I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing it up. I'm probably about four or five hours into the audio book. So a little under halfway through, I think. Um, but. Uh, we won't get into them now. We'll wait a couple of weeks. But there are some things that they sort of try to drop in there on the sly to me that give you some hints about sort of the story in Solo, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, hmm. <coughs> when when I sort of realized how the story was structured, I wondered how they were going to avoid that or if they were going to avoid that. And so far, it just seems to be very subtle little lines that they throw in there where, like, if you know enough about what's going on in Solo from, like, looking at products and all official stuff, products and trailers and TV spots and stuff, you can sort of start to put it together a little bit. Uh, L3 is real cool in it, too. I can't wait to see more of that character in the movie. Oh, yeah. Now that I'm getting to know her a little more in... Uh, and that's Lando's co-pilot and bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, and she's she's cool, man. I think she's gonna be, uh, I think she's gonna be almost kind of a standout in um, in the movie. Wow. So um, the other another big, or not necessarily big, but interesting thing that came out this week were some character descriptions on StarWars.com about the different characters and stuff and Solo. So we'll go through these quick, and you let me know if there's anything that sort of jumps out to you, okay? Okay. First up, we've got Val, a no-nonsense and occasionally pricky woman who is a crack shot with a blaster rifle. Val may be the most even-headed and capable member of Tobias Beckett's ragtag crew of scoundrels. And, of course, that's uh, played by Thandie Newton, um, who we haven't really seen or heard much from in the trailers, but she looks cool. Right. Um, you know. Uh, and then but she's a sharpshooter. Kind of sounds like that. Kind of sounds like that. Crack shot with a blaster rifle. Uh, even-headed and capable. So it sounds like she's like the badass on the crew. You know what right. I mean? And then we have Tobias Beckett, 
course, played by old Eat the Booty Like Groceries himself, Woody Harrelson. Beckett is a survivor, always quietly working out angles to come out ahead. He has assembled a team of specialized scoundrels to carry out risky but profitable heists. You know, from these character descriptions, it's not like it's going to be anything super illuminating. But it is nice to get some character details. Right. Um, I was talking to Johnny about it on Rogue One, and it's interesting that uh, I thought the pluralization of heists was interesting. Um, So does that mean... Because the timeline of of the Solo movie is a weird one because we know it takes place over a span of like six years. So there's going to be time jumps in the movie at different points, right? Right. And from what we've seen, we can kind of gather like, all right, so we see Han as a youngin and a street racer kind of, right, with Kira on Corellia. And then at some point, you know, he meets up with Chewie. Like, does he enlist in the Empire? I think that's probably going to happen in the movie. You know, in the very first thing we ever saw from it, it starts with him interviewing with like a imperial recruitment officer and stuff. Yeah. But so has Tobias? What I'm trying to get at is, has Tobias been running uh, heists off screen that we don't see, or is there more than one heist in the movie? Because it kind of seems like. And this may have just been my own. Um, I think he's assumption. a professional at running heists. Right, right. Um, so, has, what what I was trying to say is like, has he been running heists before he adds Han and Chewie to the team? I would assume so. Yeah, that that's what it makes me think. Is basically what I was trying to get at. Uh, then we've got Kira, played by uh, Amelia Clark, and. At 18 years of age, young Kira is already enmeshed in a life of crime, working for a gang on Corellia. So, you know, that's, uh, she's got an an interestingly, uh, small amount of information. Even in a a group of descriptions that don't offer much information, she's got very little. It's the lightest. Right. So that'll be interesting, and I assume that at the eighteen, at the age of eight, uh, eighteen years of age or whatever, I think that's the, her age at the start of the movie. So you can kind of assume that her and Han are probably somewhere in the same age range or thereabout. So if that's the case, and it takes place over six years, you know, are we looking at Han from eighteen or nineteen to twenty four, twenty five? Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, then we got Rio Durant, uh, voiced by John Favreau, who we were talking about early. Rio Durant has carried out dangerous operations alongside scoundrel Tobias Beckett for years. The good-natured Ardenian pilot is up for any challenge. So, he's a pilot. He's good-natured. Um, I have a feeling he's going to be a little bit of comic relief in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> then we got L337. A self-made droid built from astromech and protocol parts, L-337 is an enlightened navigator who cares deeply about droids' rights. And this is some information we had sort of already gotten from some of the Entertainment Weekly and stuff um, when it was all first coming out, is that she 
you know, she doesn't have a master or an owner or whatever you want to call it. She is uh, constantly making um, modifications to herself. That's why she is, you know, looks like so many different droids and stuff put together. Um, and they definitely, definitely hit on her droids rights thing a good bit in Last Shot. It's a big part of her character. Uh, I really pretty cool. I really like that. I really like um, a droid revolutionary. Yeah. Well, I I just sort of like, you know, anytime you can give me a new take on a type of character I've seen a ton of, you know, and it's it's definitely seemed like Star Wars has been pushing the sassy droid, for lack of a better term, a bit in the new canon. Because you got K2SO. Now you got L337. You have... Um, the droid's traditional role is comic relief. Right, right. For sure. I mean, in every every single Star Wars. Um, shit, why can I not think of the name? There's a droid in um, Rebels, voiced by Steven Stanton. And he did like a... Um, Shit, what was his name? Who played Snape? Who was the bad guy in Die Hard? Alan Rickman. He, he's got sort of an Alan Rickman thing going on with his voice. Mm. What this is... This is Alan Rickman. I'm trying to... <laughs> trying Leave to... me a message at the beep. Trying to think of what that character's name is. Fuck. But they... And, and then in the comics, do you remember... Um, the black po- protocol droid that's like it looks like a black version of C3PO and yeah. it's like a an assassin droid and it's all sassy too so th- they've definitely been trying to do that a lot with the droid characters so i appreciate the extra added twist of it's it, like you said a droid revolutionary that's uh, concerned about droids rights and stuff mhm <clears throat> so i thought that constantly was constantly modifying himself Herself. Herself. Uh, And then we have Imperial Patrol Troopers. Now, Solo has a a lot of new troopers. We got the Patrol Troopers. We got the Range Troopers. We've got the Mud Troopers. We've got the Mimbam Troopers. Um, The the Snows Troopers with the fur around there? Range Troopers. They're they're what? Range Troopers. Range? Uh Uh-huh. Range Troopers? Mm -hmm. They're cool. They're cool as shit. Yeah, and I like I like their boots. I like that it looks like they're like magnetized or something. Yeah, uh, and then, and that's what they use to uh, stay on top of that conveyance train. But anyway, the Imperial Patrol Troopers are the ones that are on the speeder bikes. You see, sort of chasing after Han and yeah. his uh, his car as the Empire reinforces its hold on worlds across the galaxy. Local defense forces are being supplemented and eventually completely replaced with Imperial Stormtroopers. To cover distances across brawling settlements and cities, patrol stormtroopers police the streets and alleys aboard their swift interceptor speeder bikes. And then we have the Imperial Heavy TIE Fighter. Now, I don't know if you caught this. This is one of those things I sort of caught in the trailer and then didn't give much thought afterwards. Um, You sort of see... Uh, in the scenes with the Star Destroyer and like the nebula or the clouds or whatever, and all the TIE fighters are coming out of it, they're looked yeah. 
to me, something like kind of like an early version of the TIE bomber, where it almost looked like it had the um, the module next to the cockpit, right? Yeah. Well, apparently this is an Imperial heavy TIE fighter. Compensating for the relative fragility of the unshielded TIE starfighter is the armored TIE slash RB, a reinforced heavy starfighter with much more powerful laser cannons. So we're getting a new TIE fighter. Wow. Uh, the Imperial Conveyx Transport, which is the train that you see in the trailers, uh, for rapid transport of special cargo across surface distance on frontier worlds, the Empire the Empire uses heavily armored conveyance vehicles that travel along rails, winding through te- treacherous terrain. Wow, I had a really hard time with that. Um, I think the big one that you can catch from that is. It's specified as an Imperial Conveyx train. So, they're robbing the Empire. Right. You know, I guess that's something you could have assumed, but it wasn't something that I necessarily took for granted. Yeah, neither did I. They were going to rob the Empire. Um, You know, who knows who they could be robbing. Well, apparently it's the Empire. And then last but not least, we have an entry for Han's Corellian M68 Landspeeder. Han Solo was cagey about where he scored this overpowered M68 Landspeeder, saying little beyond that the previous owner no longer had a need for it, a.k.a. that shit is stolen. Or he killed that guy. I imagine it's more stolen. But you could be right. It could be that Han just killed some poor bastard in cold blood. And some stole. bastard drew on him, and he killed him first and then took his keys. Like, look, you don't need them. You oh, pulled on me, bro. That'll be the perfect part for them to be like, I always shoot first. Pew! pew! <laughs> if they do that, there's going to be an audible groan from me. If Han, <laughs> That's fucked. If Han, like... Makes a to, point of shooting first. I don't mean visually, but like if he has to, if he turns, if, if it's so obvious that he turns to the camera and he goes, remember, always shoot first. Oh, I will be so disappointed. That is so low hanging fruit. What if someone gives him that as advice? What if Woody Harrelson says it as a piece of advice to Han Solo? Then I deduct a minus one point from not just Woody Harrelson, but also John and Lawrence Kasdan. Minus one point. Minus one point for House No Kasdan. referencing of shooting first in this movie. I just, it's low, like I said, it's low-hanging fruit. Like, it's too on the nose. It's too on the nose. It, it, to me, it, it's like, I'm not a big fan of, I've got a good feeling about this, or a really good feeling about this. To me, that's worse. Like, that is worse, too, too, worse on the nose than that, uh, the, the shooting first thing. I, w- I would just hope that we're talking about Lawrence Kasdan here. Like he would be, um, you know, be cool enough not to take that bait because it's so easy. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you, there's billions of fan fictions out there where people have done similar things because it is such like easy, obvious um, shenanigans to get up to. Yeah. You have to have Han mention that he shoots first. Ha ha ha! Wink, wink. Get it? Because of that whole thing on the internet, and 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 in pop culture, that thing that George did. 
<clears throat> hey, buddy, you're um, you coming in a little loud. I need you to do me a favor. Okay. You're going to want to go into your settings and look for the um, for what setting and turn down. Did you catch that? Yeah, I'm looking for it. What setting are you looking for? What is it? What is it I'm looking for? You want to turn down the for what setting. That's in audio settings? Yeah. So what are you go what are you trying to do? I'm in audio settings on Skype. Is it somewhere else? Right, no, but you're gonna turn down the for what setting. I don't see the for what setting. But what do you want to do with it? Turn it down. <laughs> yeah. So you wanna turn down for what? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. I, I, am. I hope you are. Proud of <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to do some emails and stuff? Emails and yeah. voice messages. All right. Yeah. Hold on one second. Kia D! Cockhead! The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D! Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud! He loves to split chicks with his pud! Kia D! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls! Kia D! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Lou Herb! Cockhead! Hans Berger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! I could not hear that, but I, I heard it through your headphones, maybe. Yeah, it's probably because you didn't turn down that for what setting. That's probably why. All right, so next up we have our buddy Peter, or first up, rather. Good morning, gentlemen. Just getting back into the swing of things when all of a sudden I see that a full trailer for Solo will be released on Monday, March 8th. And my eyes went wild. After waiting all night, day and night... Until around 8.30, my prayers were answered. I don't know what part of the trailer I liked more. Okay, okay, I do. Anytime Lando was in the shot, it was amazing. His line, everything you've heard about me is true, while getting his cup refilled by a floating bar droid. What the shit? What a badass, suave line from the smoothest damn smuggler in the galaxy. If there's any chemistry between Han and Lando, then this movie is a win in my book. I was already excited about this movie because, let's be honest, it's a Star Wars movie. And I'm a little obsessed. Now, I've never wished for time to pass so fast in my life. I would jump in Parvazal's DeLorean and jump to May 25th right now if I had the chance. I think that might be a Ready Player One reference. It is. Oh, okay. Answer, yeah. For everyone saying that, 
Alden, hashtag, not my Han Solo, will, won't be able to replace Harrison Ford. He's not going to. No one will ever be able to. But we're going to get a much more vulnerable, enthusiastic, and trusting Han Solo. And I think Han Alden is going to be perfect for that. I think the line, I have a really good feeling about this, tells you everything you have to know about his outlook as a younger self. Can't wait to see this with my kids at the drive-in. Hell yeah, buddy. I like your enthusiasm. You got a drive-in. That's awesome. I, I've never been to a drive-in theater. Neither have I. I keep saying, because there's one not far from, from me. Um, I keep saying, oh, I'm going to go catch one of these Star Wars movies in a drive-in. And like, I never end up getting over there. Um, so, yeah, I like his <clears throat> enthusiasm about it. And it's one of those things like, it would be kind of weird for Han Solo to be the exact same person, you know, 10 years before A New Hope that he is during A New Hope, right? Yeah. Am I the same person I was in 2008? Hell no. Certainly not. Hell no. Neither am I. Um, what was I doing in 2008? Playing Xbox 360 and obsessed with Lost. That's probably what I was doing in 2008. Um, you know who I'm really interested to see what they think of the movie is my dad. Cause Han Solo and Indiana Jones for my dad are like the pop culture characters. Yeah, of course they are. You know what I'm saying? Like my dad is all about Harrison Ford. So I will be interested to see what he thinks of this movie. I don't know if he's seen the trailer yet or not. He's definitely not one of those dudes that's like, checking trailers out online and stuff like i know typically i've had to send him links to the trailers before he'll watch them so right because he hasn't seen them in his daily routine no no <clears throat> all right next up we got our buddy dylan uh what's up fellas there have been many discussions and complaints regarding the naming of ben solo why ben leia never really even met him and han knew him briefly then it dawned on me that it, it wasn't if it wasn't for Ben Kenobi, Han and Leia would have never met. Seems like a good reason to name their son after the person that brought the two of them together. What do you guys think? Thanks, Dylan. Uh, I think that's probably exactly what they were going for. Yeah. You know? um, in, in their reasoning behind naming him that, you know. Interesting that Harrison Ford has a son named Ben as well. Um, but I doubt Excuse that had much to do with it, really. Well, and that he was so important to Luke and Luke's loss as well. Right, right. And, you know, that reasoning is, is pretty much the only one I need. Um, I'll say as far as, like, the EU goes, you know, I'm not a, a crazy expanded universe guy. Um, like, I like some of it, but it doesn't bother me at all that it's quote-unquote legends now. Um but to me, it definitely made sense that if, if if Luke had a kid, like Ben, like that's a good name for Luke's son, you know? I think. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I mean, I think Dylan's probably right on the money with that. All right. Next up, we've got a voicemail from our buddy, Steve AD, whose uh, wonderful voice you heard just a couple minutes ago. Good evening, Hans and Will. Steve D here. Um, 
get an important question for you guys. Get, there's a, I won't call it controversy or a bit of a debate going on. See, I was sitting in church the other night, and I happened to look at my phone, and get, I got distracted because that's what happens with me on a momentary, you know, in every minute or two basis. And I noticed that my buddy Dallas was enjoying his first California burrito. A delicious specimen of food, man. So, I I said to him, bro, I wish I could have a California burrito in church right now. So, I was brainstorming on how I could possibly pull that off without offending the masses. But then... We got into a discussion seat. I saw a comment. Who would win in a fight? The church burrito or the bologna Big Mac? This was posed by our good friend Rashad. Now, there's a lot of things to consider with that matchup. Now, my take, this is my take on it. I think the church burrito with a, uh, uh, you know, a pro-fighter manifestation would be like your 1990s George Foreman. He's a big fatty. He's got tons of talent. He can knock you up. But then I thought to myself, the bologna Big Mac is tenacious. But it's a big slob. So I'm thinking like late 2000s James Tony. If you're a boxing fan, you know who he is. Guy fought in like 17 weight classes. He ended up being a fat slug. Could still knock you out, though. Tough matchup. George Foreman, however, became a preacher, so he had a little Holy Spirit with him, too. So I'm thinking Church Burrito wins the fight. Rashad agreed, but he thought Church Burrito was more like Butterbean and Bologna Big Mac was more like Chuck Wepner. You know that... That poor slob that Muhammad Ali agreed to fight back in the day. The inspiration for Rocky. What do you guys think about this? Aaron from OKC also thought the church burrito would win. But now I'm really, I'm asking you guys, because you guys are in home field territory for the Bologna Big Mac. So this is very important, and I value your opinion on the subject. Oh, man. Well... First off, thanks for the voicemail, buddy. Secondly, I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm not exactly sure what a California burrito is. What makes it a California burrito versus just a regular-ass burrito? Uh, a California burrito uh-huh. uh, is carne asada, cheese, sour cream, and like french fries or potatoes rolled up in a giant tortilla. So you're talking carne asada steak. Right. Cheese. Cheese. French sour fries. Sour cream. Fries. Yeah. Wow. Or I'm sure that you could do patatas bravas, you know, and it would be just, you know. What a appropriate food to talk about while recording on 420, because I guarantee you that's some stoner shit right there. Put some fries yeah. on the burrito, bro. And is it... And, so he's calling it a church burrito because you're in church thinking about that's what you want for lunch. I guess. I guess he's saying that because, they, well, he was 
He was saying he wished he had a California burrito in church. In church. So, you know, setting my bias for the bologna Big Mac aside. Right. Personally, if I had both on a plate right now, California burrito or bologna Big Mac, I'm going burrito. A, I'm not a huge fan of bologna. I do love the occasional bologna Big Mac, but it really only hits the spot when, for me at least, when I have achieved the perfect level of inebriated. And only then am I like, load up them three pieces of bread, Goose, let's have a bologna Big Mac. And that's happened a couple of times, and they've been delicious every time. But I love Mexican food. I love carne asada, and I love french fries. The sour cream I can do without. I'm not a big sour cream guy. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, Apparently, there's a version where you can replace it with guacamole instead of sour cream, but yeah. that's not a true... I don't like guacamole either. Well, I do. I like guacamole. I know this is going to sound stupid. I like guacamole. I don't like avocado. It's weird, right? Like, if I'm going to eat oh avocado, I need You're to You're the have... guy that's like, oh, I don't like tomatoes, but I like ketchup. I don't no, like tomatoes, but I like pizza sauce. No, I like tomatoes and pizza sauce and ketchup. No, I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying it's the equivalent. I like guacamole, but I don't like avocados. That I means don't... somebody has not prepared you the avocado correctly. I've had Do avocados like... a, a ton of different ways, my, my man. I've had sliced avocado. I've had uh, stuffed avocado from the restaurant Jesse works at. It's I don't know why. It's just not something I really dig. But texture if you put a bunch taste? of it, may be a texture thing. It could very well be. But I don't know like why that. I don't know why that texture would bother me, but guacamole wouldn't. I think it's the the salt and the lime juice and the. I mean, you mush that up, it becomes know. a completely different texture. Um. You said it's like, like eating butter, funnily like enough. eating butter, yeah. I don't like butter. That's what I always think. It has the consistency, and when it, it melts in your mouth, it's almost like butter. But it's a, you know, it's a, I guess it's a fruit. It's not a nut. It's, I guess, a fruit. Get that avocado nut, son. Um. So, yeah, for me, personally, I... I you know, we're going to California in a little over a month. Maybe I need to track one of these California burritos down. And then I can give you a more accurate statement. But for right now... You may now, not be able to find them in local Mexican joints. It may be a California exclusive. That's what it seems like. I looked it up while you were talking. And yeah, it seems like it's sort of native to California. I know at all my Mexican places around here, I've never seen like, yo, here's a burrito with steak and fries in it, son. Yeah, right. Because I would have tried it. I know I, I know me. I know my love for carne asada steak and fries. Bringing those two worlds together. With cheese sauce all over it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I think we might have to track down some California burritos while we're in California, my dude. Oh, you know it, dude. Going to eat an In-N-Out, too. I'm finally going to figure out what the fuck this whole big deal about In-N-Out is. All In-N-Out I hear about is In-N-Out. In-N-Out. You need an In-N-Out. Have you ever been to In and Out? I have. I went to one when I was in Texas. How it was? Was it okay? It was good. It was really good. It was like Whataburger, but better. Uh, see, that's the exact cons- comparison I was going to ask you for. Like, yeah. to me, 
Whataburger is pretty. Whataburger and Steak and Shake are like my Supremes down here. In and Out is more pimp than Whataburger, but I I haven't been to Steak and Shake and I didn't even know they still existed. Oh man, they're good. There's one. Not I mean, it's a good thing that it's not close to us. It's about thirty minutes from us, but if it was closer, man, my diet would be fucked because I love. You'd have a Steak, steak and, and Shake be like frequent visitors card. Oh hell yeah. Door. Be like, mm, yes, sir. Here comes Halls again. Mr. Burkhart. <coughs> On your fifth steak, you get a milkshake. <laughs> Next up, we've got our buddy William. I hope it made the recording cut off for this email. First, the new solo trailer is amazing. Chewy looks like a damn ass wrecking machine in the previous in this preview, and I hope we get to see him in his most primal form in the film. I don't know if there's much I didn't like. I'm just super excited to see this movie and can't wait for the great discussion to come from this movie post-release. Also want to say that I'm a crazy excited slash interested in the new Ewok assault mode coming in Battlefront. Not sure how this is going to go, but man, it seems pretty damn awesome. Thanks for making some hours playing that. Thanks for making my 10-hour drive a little less shitty the last two weekends, and I am digging the Twitch streams when I get the opportunity to tune in. Thanks for all you guys do for this great community, and may the force be with you guys always. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. As we were discussing earlier, I'm real stoked for Solo. So I'm glad to hear you are, too. Um, Will, have you had a chance to play the Ewok hunt mode? Oh, yeah. I've, I've played many a round. How, I, so I haven't gotten a chance yet. How is yeah. it? It's good. I yeah. mean, it's good. I can see where it would be more fun with friends, but it is good. Um, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of unbalanced. But as I got better at playing Ewok, uh, there were several rounds we went where not, you know, the stormtroopers didn't win. Right on. And, uh, um, I can explain it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but, um, I don't know so, that this is really that much of a spoiler. So, shoot. so you, you're, you're on a level, right? And most people start out as the troopers. Two people start out as Ewoks. Uh, you start out as a trooper. You got a flashlight. It is pitch black dark. And that flashlight counts down, so you have to turn it off to let it recharge. It recharges pretty quickly, but you have to turn it off to let it recharge. You don't want to let it go all the way out because it'll take forever to recharge. Um, and you got to use that flashlight to find the Ewoks. Now, you stand a better chance if you gather with the other stormtroopers. And there's a cave system that's got entrances for Ewoks all over the place, but it's a cool little cave system. So most of the stormtroopers hide in the cave system until the exit... Uh, shuttle shows up and the Ewoks they get it's much easier to see in the dark and if you get killed you become an Ewok obviously uh, the Ewoks can see better in the dark they also have a hunting mode where they can see your footsteps your like body heat they can see through walls and stuff with that hunting mode uh, and they have the horn the valiant horn they blow that horn and it's like dur, 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 and then it's cool when multiple people do it because it, it sounds like it in the movie uh, but you get increased damage and an increased resistance to damage. So it's like Hulk mode for your little Ewok. And then you have your melee spear. You, you do a little combo. You're like, ha, ha, ha. And uh, you try to kill the stormtroopers. You also have Wisties. Okay, Wisties are these little fire sprite spirits. And you have a pouch of those. And you throw that and it's like a splash damage grenade. And those Wisties fuck up the stormtroopers. Uh, they blind them and they take damage steadily over time. 
So, dude, a uh, uh, Wisty and then uh, the Valiant Horn, then melee combo, you're going to kill a Stormtrooper. I love that they worked the, the horn in there, because I'm telling you right now, if a, if I was like in a big crowd of people and an Ewok blew that burr, 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 horn, yeah. do you know how ready I'd be to fight? Like, that's some inspiring shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, really time is. to that's get down. That's what I'm down. talking about. When, so, when you do it and then someone else does it right after you, you're like, oh, shit, we are about to kill all these stormtroopers. Um, there's also, um, as a stormtrooper, though, there's like a, you can find in the map, there's certain places where you can pick up the, you start with the E11, I believe is the correct term, and then you you can get the, um, God, it's like the heavy gun. the It's like long, hmm. you know what I'm talking about, the heavy blaster. I know which gun you're talking about, but I I'm terrible maybe, with maybe like a DL a, something I don't know DP I, something. I'm terrible with uh, like gun designations in Star Wars. Like I know the easy ones, like the E11 yeah. and DL44 and shit. But past that, I'm I'm not great at. But I if know. you get that, if you pick that up, you have eternal flashlight that you never have to turn off, and you get a fire grenade that recharges, and that's pretty cool. Um. Yeah. Before. You, um, um, before we started recording, while I was re- uh, waiting for you to be ready to record, I actually watched our buddy Sal and his son uh, Axel playing some he- uh, Ewok hunt mode. And it looked fun. I can't wait to try it out. That's probably what I'll be doing <clears throat> on stream for the most part tomorrow. Right. It's playing some Ewok hunt. So watch me come by and watch me suck, I'm sure. Uh, what did you think of... Um, what did you think of the uh, the new unlocks and stuff? I did get on briefly on the 18th to spend my credits and stuff and see what unlocks there were. I didn't realize I could spend my credits yet. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, haven't, all, I haven't done any of that. All the new skins are out. Um, I've been beefing up my Starfighter classes. My cards, I mean, and leveling. I tend to play more Starfighter than I do Galactic Assault, but every I mean I have to switch it up. Sometimes Starfighter will get frustrating, and I'll have to go back to playing Blast or Galactic Assault. I really dig Starfighter. It's it's probably one of, if not my favorite modes. It is a lot of fun, Starfighter. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, it, it's it's you got to mix it up sometimes. So. The new unlocks are cool. They're very expensive. Like the most expensive skins are forty thousand credits. Wow. Uh, I think they go five, ten, or maybe ten, twenty, forty, or something like that. Um, so uh, you know, even though I had a fair amount of credits banked, it, it wasn't like I was like able to get everything I wanted. But yeah. the, the the new hero skins look really cool. Um, except for Chewy, like Chewy with a bandage on his arm, like all right, give me fucking Shadows of the Empire, Chewy, and then we'll right. talk. Chewy with a flat top and an eye patch. You can then give I'll me Old right. Man Chewy. That's fine. <clears throat> Gray and Chewy. So next up, we've got our buddy Jake. Hey guys, I finally got through the Last Jedi novel, and there was something in there that I feel like would have made. Luke's death so much more emotional if they had done it in the movie as well. Before he fades away, he hears Obi-Wan telling him to let go. 
Being a huge Obi-Wan fan, this would have made his death so much better for me. Imagine Luke coming out of his meditation after trolling Kylo. He's looking out at the twin suns, closes his eye, and you hear in the background, Luke, let go. Then he fades away into the Force to join his masters. Would have made it 1,000% better for me. Not taking anything away from the movie, however, because I loved it. How do you guys feel about that? You think it would have made it better, worse, or just don't care either way? I'd love to hear you guys' opinion. Again, thanks for getting me from my long, boring 10-hour shift every night. You help make it seem just a little shorter, and I really appreciate what you guys do. Keep Keep doing what you guys do. Oh, thanks, buddy. You guys are so nice to us. Yeah. So we're glad that we can brighten your day. Yeah, for sure, man. I know podcasts help my ass out at work. I would probably go crazy if it weren't for podcasts at work. Um, I think that's a wonderful little detail. And yeah, like that's, I don't know how this necessarily works because I know, you know, the, the book came out like three months or something after the movie, right? Which means it was started. He started Jason Fry, right? That's who wrote it, I believe. Uh, started writing it much later in the process than than the novelization authors typically do, and I think part of that was for spoiler reasons, and part of it was for you know making the book a little more in depth and stuff than the Force Awakens one is. So I basically it's a long way of me saying like. I don't know if that's one of those things that's just a matter of um, he had the benefit of longer and, and, and of having known the story and, and what happens in the movie. So he was able to put cool little things like that. But I'm a huge Obi-Wan guy myself. So, yeah, I would have thought that was pretty damn cool if they were able to put that in the movie. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm curious about Nine. Like, I'm hearing rumors that there might be multiple... Uh, force ghosts in nine and i you know i'm not sure what to make of that but so i don't could know, just be bullshit i don't know about multiples there was a story in the new york daily news i believe that's the paper that published it that they had a source saying that yoda would be back in episode yeah. nine yoda and um, luke well the the story i read said nothing about luke so maybe this is stuff that's come out since then. I, I haven't guess the really... speculation is that the other would be Luke. It'd be cool if Hayden Christensen showed up to give Kylo Ren the what for. Yeah, no. well, so like I said, in the story, the original... Now, as I was saying, there could have been more on this since. Like, I'm not saying I read the most up to date. I sort of read it the day it came out, and there could have been more elaboration on it. But it said the only one it mentioned was was Yoda. It made no other mention of others force ghosts. That saying that though, like to me force ghost Luke is almost a given. Like it would be incredibly weird if there is no force ghost Luke. Yeah, that's the thing I was thinking like it would be odd for Luke to just hand off her training to Yoda. I mean, while it makes sense he might be the better teacher, but Yoda was pretty, you know, Yoda was saying that he was I guess their pupil now. He was his pupil, but he was talking about, you know, lose Ben Solo, you did, but lose Ray, we must not, you know. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I, I that would be something, and I hate to say this because I hate setting myself up for disappointment, but some kind of appearance by Force Ghost Luke to me 
is such a given that I would be pretty disappointment disappointed if it didn't happen. Yeah, me too, honestly. And like, you know how the rules of force ghostum are so well established. Like, if you disappear, if your body disappears, you are you have the ability to come back as a force ghost. So I would imagine like why have Luke disappear like that if you're not going to use him as a force ghost, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> All right. Next up we got our buddy uh, John. Uh hey guys, been a while since I wrote in and I first wanted to say thanks for what y'all do. I work nights and the highlight of my week is coming home Saturday morning, making a cocktail and putting on the podcast. Not to sound weird, but it really feels like two of my good buddies hanging out in my living room talking Star Wars while I'm making breakfast. That's awesome. Thank you, buddy. That is great. Anyway. And if, I hope you're making kick-ass breakfast this morning. Yeah. Anyway, if y'all ever make it to Nashville, consider yourselves, yourselves treated to a free hot chicken dinner if you give me a shout. Oh, buddy. Woo! What? If I make it, I love Nashville hot chicken. If I make it to Nashville, you bet I'll be letting you know. Nashville hot chicken is one of, hot fried chicken, one of my favorites. Anyway, I was enhanced the other night and thinking, with the solo film coming out and all the talk about Glover's Lando, it seems like a sure thing that will be a Lando-centric movie coming somewhere down the line with appearances by Han and Chewie and maybe some other characters from Solo. So with Star Wars liking the trilogy format in most cases, what do you think about a third movie in the series being something along the lines of Jabba needs some top performers to do a mission impossible job for a ton of credits and the story being a team-up of Han and Chewie, Lando, and Boba Fett? like an uneasy temporary alliance to do this crazy mission chock full of badassery and such, ending with Han screwing over Lando and Boba. Maybe the risen Lando has a lot, as says Han has a lot of nerve coming to Clan Cloud City. I think it could be really badass and lead to maybe post-Sarlacc-Boba film. Ooh, he's speaking my language. But then I also get enhanced on the reg and let my thoughts wander, especially when it comes to Star Wars. What you think? May the Force be with y'all. Uh, I think that would be cool. It would have to be the last movie yeah. in the trilogy or the whatever the whatever they're going to do with young Han Solo. That would have to be the very last one. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying like the second movie would be more Land Lando centric, you know. And this one yeah. would be the th this one would be the third to end off sort of this Han Solo trilogy. Um, as far as the practic practicality and the the you know will that actually happen? I think that remains to be seen. As far as multiple solo movies or whatever, um, you know, I think uh, there were some rumors and some you know whispers going around that when Alden Ehrenreich was signed on to play Han Solo, they signed him for like three movies or something. Now, just because you're signed for that many doesn't mean that doesn't, that, that it's necessarily going to get made. Right? right. Especially if the first one doesn't do as well. That's, as that's where I'm, you read my mind, my good buddy. If this movie doesn't do well enough to warrant a sequel, then I doubt Disney pushes through with it. You know, um, Especially given what I am sure is an inflated production cost, having to hire on Ron Howard and shoot, you know, reshoot a good portion of the movie, if not, you know, damn near most of the movie. I think it would be 
you know, this one really needs to perform for there to be more. And and not just perform, I think it also has to be well-received uh, to a certain extent. Now, that being said, you know, just because a solo movie doesn't work, work or doesn't do as well as Disney wants, then that doesn't mean you couldn't get a, a Lando movie with Donald Glover. You know, Donald Glover yeah. is, is on a hot streak, dude. Like, he is well regarded among fans he does like the music thing he does atlanta he you know community had its very passionate cult following um so i could see the appeal in disney being like all right let's do a lando movie people liked you know especially if people come out of this movie really liking donald glover and almost it's it's at the point now where people are so hyped on him as lando in the trailers and stuff that that seems like a no-brainer that they would come out loving him. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'm not against the idea of a Han and Boba Fett team up. Like maybe that's why. And this is another one of those weird assumption things. Like, do Boba and Han have like a rivalry Beef at all? Yeah, going going you know further than Empire Strikes Back. You know, I don't know. But it's one of those things that if they establish that, that they have had run-ins before, it would make sense, and obviously it wouldn't bother me. Um, well, I guess you could... I assume that... I just always assumed their first encounter was at Ord Mantell uh, from the <laughs> cartoon from... The Holiday Special. The Holiday Special. Right. Um, but, you know, you don't really have to take that into effect anymore. You no, know? you don't. Um, and I, I, I'm not 100% on this, but I think in, in the old legend stuff, they had established that, you know, Han and, and Boba had had some run-ins previously. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that's what I remember from legends was that Han and Boba Fett were enemies long since past. Um, it was personal for Boba Fett. Yeah. All right. So we've got, uh, like... We've got a few more, but we'll end on this next one, and then uh, we'll catch up with the rest of you guys next week. This one is from our buddy, Neil. Hey, Halls and Will. I had some questions for you about how you produce your podcast and what tools you use. I've definitely been toying with the idea more and more about creating a Star Wars-based video game review show for current, past, and upcoming games, and just wanted to see what tools you'd use to record and produce. Already have a decent microphone. If the software is cheap or free, that would be preferable. Also, what do you guys think of the name Alderaan Arcade? Neil from Chicago. Uh, I think that's a pretty badass name. Um, I like the alliteration, right? That's that's what that is when you have two n- n- words that start with the same letter back to back. Alliteration. Yeah. Um. So you said you've already got a decent microphone. That's that's step one. Uh, as far as Recording software goes. I use Audacity. It's a free recording program. I've used it since the beginning. I've never really had problems with it. Uh, if you're planning on doing a solo show, like with just you, then I think that is probably a, a perfect answer for you. It's pretty easy to use. Like I, I you know, just got to get in there and mess around with it a little bit, and you should be uh, off to the races. Um, if you're going to record with someone else, uh, if it's in person, then that's 
you know, that's not much more complicated than what you already have planned. If it's going to be over Skype, then you kind of, um, uh, you know, run into a few more complications that really aren't that hard. Um, you know, you would want... The way Will and I do it is I have a separate computer that just carries his Skype call, and I run that computer into my mixing board, and then the mixing board into my recording computer. Um, there's also a program that a lot of people use called, I believe it's called Zencaster, and it will record two people, or multiple people, but you can record that and it will record their audio track separately, and then... Uh, send them to you so you can just put them in audacity or whatever editing program you use so you know if you have any more questions feel free to just uh, reach out to me on facebook or twitter or something and i'll be happy to walk you through anything um i'm not the most technical technically savvy person you know it's it's been kind of flying by the seat of my pants with this so um but i i have at least a general knowledge of how to pull it off. And and I don't know about Will, but I think the concept sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so. it sounds kick-ass. Sounds like something I would listen to. But yeah, you know, it's... It, I'll, I'll say this. If I can figure out how to um, record and, and post and, and promote a podcast, just about anybody can. So, buddy, uh, you know, feel free to ask me any questions. I'll be glad to help you out. Um, I just found a picture of the Range Trooper and those kick-ass boots you were talking about. They kind of look like... Do you remember the movie The Super Mario Brothers where they had like the super jump boots? You know I've never seen that. Oh my god, Hawes, I have it on DVD. Are you serious? You've never seen that? I didn't realize you had that on DVD. Why would I not? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen it. I'll bring it the next. I'll bring it and we'll watch it before oh, we go to California. Yes, because let me tell you, Dennis you Hopper know, as like King Koopa. I, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast before. When I was a kid, my parents damn near let me watch any movie I wanted to. Right, right. But there were a small handful of movies that, for some reason, my dad would not take me to see or not let me rent. Right. The first yeah. one that I was real bummed about, and and most of these I've not seen to this day, the Garbage Pail Kids movie. You remember Garbage Pail Kids? Those real yeah. gross trading cards? Yeah, they, yeah. They made a movie, and I wanted to see it so bad, and my dad just refused. The other two movies that I vividly remember my dad not being down with, either renting or taking me to see, were the Double Dragon movie, which really? I still haven't... Nope. You st- haven't seen that? No. Oh! I'm going to buy it just so we can watch it. Oh, my God. I've never seen the Double Dragon movie. And I love goddamn Double Dragon. I love Double Dragon so much that I'm not joking about this. For two nights in a row, I had dreams about a Bobo, one of the bosses from Double Dragon. Oh, my God. Such vivid dreams, apparently, that I woke Jesse up talking in my sleep about a Bobo. (laughs) She's like, who's a Bobo? She was. like, The next morning when I woke up, she was like, who's a Bobo? And I was like, uh, from Double Dragon? And she was like, I guess you wouldn't stop talking about him this morning. 
Oh my God. And I was like, really? Cause I had a dream about a Bobo. And in one of my dreams, Bo- a Bobo was just waiting outside my house. And anytime <laughs> I would go to work or go outside, he'd want to fight me. And I'd be like, I don't have time for that right now. A Bobo hit him with a dragon bunt. <clears throat> um, and the third movie is Super Mario Brothers. My dad wouldn't take me to see it, wouldn't let me rent it. So, really? It's weird, right? Hellraiser, yeah, let's go. Fucking any Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, uh, whatever. Let's go see it. Critters, let's go see it. Fucking. Your dad was just probably like, I'm not going to see that stupid shit. Probably. And my dad loved, loved Super Mario Brothers. So maybe he saw it and he was like, hashtag not my Super Mario. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, God, with his Indiana Jones vest, he was like, no, sir. Oh. No, sir, will not patronize that with any of my coin. Thank you very much. I feel kind of bad because it's been a long time since I've seen my dad wearing that vest that you're talking about. Yeah. And I wonder if it's because he got kind of he got kind of made fun of. But man, my I dad... wasn't trying to make fun of him. Oh, I I'm not saying you. It. I'm not saying you, buddy. But like the family, you know, my family can oh, be when they, brutal. They can't let it go when yeah. they get a hold of something. They yeah. don't let it go. And like it was never like, ha ha, Richard, you're stupid for that vest. It'd be like, how's vest going, Richard? Liking that vest? Or maybe he just got tired of wearing it. I wonder because. The appeal of that vest is my dad could wear it to work and it had all those pockets. So so many things you could carry. This isn't keep like on you. for people listening, this isn't like a Han Solo vest or no. a um like a cummerbund. This is like a I I guess a fishing vest for lack yeah, of like, like a, you see Yeah, like a fishing vest or a field vest or Yeah, you see like maybe a hunting vest. Or, yeah, like fly fishers wearing them. It had so many pockets that, like, he could put his phone yeah. in there, and he liked to wear it on vacation because he could put his passport and his wallet and his his uh, cigarettes or his vape pen. Yeah, yeah, all your gear. It's yeah. just ready to go. That's what I love about him wearing it. Yeah, it was, like, tactical for my dad. It was. Yeah, it is. So I wonder if he still wears it to work. I hope so. I hope so. I hope, I hope Richard does that. Yeah, my dad definitely had a pretty hardcore vest phase in his fashion, which... I was always a fan of. I was like, hell yeah, my dad wears a, a vest. Look at him. He's ready for anything. I'm sad that men don't wear vests. See, you know what I... All right. We're, we're just, I, I was like, oh, this will be the last. You know what I... And I, I mean this. Like, What? You know, a lot of people are like, oh, why isn't it cool to wear capes? Capes are such a big thing, especially in Star Wars fandom now, because right. they've been trotting out so many kick-ass capes. Captain Phasma has a cool cape. Ben Mendelsohn, director Krennic, you gotta love the white cape. Lando, caping it up. Kira, caping it up. Capes, like, they're cool looking. I agree. They look awesome. Not taking anything away from them. I don't think I I would, if capes were an acceptable everyday fashion, I don't know that I would rock one. Because A, like, that's going to look silly. Just hanging off the back of my chair. It's going to get wrapped up in my wheels. But you know what I wish was uh, acceptable to, to wear every day like it is in the Star Wars universe? What's that? Helmets or masks. Yeah. I love a damn helmet. And like if it was a, uh, acceptable for me to just drive around in a oh Boba Fett helmet, go Cause... into a restaurant and eat in a Boba Fett helmet. like 
I just also, all of a sudden I have this vision of you finding this helmet that you just really identify with and you're like, this is me now. And you send an email to everyone and you're like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing now. See, I and, and I was talking about this with someone on Twitter, I think, and they were like, start it. And I'm like, I can't be the do the mask guy. Nothing about me screams <laughs> trend maker, trendsetter. You know what I'm saying? I can't be the dude that's like taking that first step. Like, but I wish helmets or masks were an acceptable form of attire because I would wear one all the time. Like, you know, you got these fedora bros out there that rock their fedora every day. Why can't I put a helmet on? You can. I could. But look, man, I've had enough social ostracizing it, it would be like um in rick and morty in that post-apocalyptic place where the dude was wearing the pail on his head yeah and then he took it off and then all the skin underneath was like real pale and like yeah man chalky <laughs> yeah that's... that would be that would be your face i mean i wouldn't i would love it you know what i really love i love in the winter or when it's raining and you got a hooded sweatshirt or a hoodie on, and you can pull the hood up. Love it. Yeah, I'm, it's damn near a, a, a helmet or a mask. It's halfway there. I mean, capes would be cool. Capes are cool. Capes I mean, not practical for me though, personally. Capes not practical for anyone really anymore because nobody travels in, you know, the rain. Everyone has a car. You know, before there was the automobile, like you had to, you wanted to walk or ride somewhere is usually on horse or on foot and. It might rain on you, so you needed a cloak or, a, you know, a cape to keep the water off of you. Yeah. Well, buddy, I think that's going to do it for this this evening. Thanks so much for recording with me. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Um, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that were kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Uh, make sure to leave us a, a review on iTunes. We finally broke a hundred reviews. Hell yeah. Yeah. I want to give yeah. a quick shout out to our buddy, Brittany over at the Canto bite dispatch. She was our hundredth review. So thanks buddy. And, uh, also remember giveaway stream tomorrow on Twitch, two to 5 PM central. Come try to win a shirt or something and watch me suck at, uh, being an Ewok or a stormtrooper. Or today, uh, when you'll be hearing this, yes, it'll be. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I always do that. April 21st. If you're listening to this past April 21st, I'm sorry. Uh, there'll be more details on, on the Twitter, so go check that out. Uh, and past that, uh, I think that'll do it. So until next week, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Hans Burkhart. I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>